It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. Producers Cameron Parker, glad to have you with us. And we're with you up till noon, and then it's Chad and Zay from noon to three, followed by Bull Don't Lie, Rod Babers, Mike Harge. Uh, they'll take you up to 645. We have Texas women's basketball on the Horn tonight as the uh, uh, cleanup on aisle one is going on. They're still working on uh, trying to get uh, – 105.3, the bat up and running again, uh, the sustaining some uh, extensive damage due to the ice storm. So uh, for the time being, we've got the, the women's games on the horn, so we'll have that, that on. And by the way, advanced programming notice result of this, uh, the debut season this year, the season over for Texas softball, is this Friday. Uh, and so they'll have uh, the debut of their 2023 season, Andrew Haynes on the call, and those games will be heard on AM 1260. On the doubleheader Friday, the doubleheader Saturday, and the single game Sunday will all be on uh, AM 1260. But again, uh, Texas women's basketball tonight on the horn against Texas Tech. It is a 7 o'clock tip-off for Moody. So it'll be good to be back at Moody. I mean, I was there, what was it, nine days ago, I guess, was the last yeah, time. Yeah, haven't Baylor been there game. in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was... You know, the Kansas thing was good in terms of uh, if you're going to do the two games and over three nights and all that stuff. But it just it seemed like I was just stuck in the Sunflower State for a decade. Ready? To- <laughs> I was there five days, and it just seemed uh, I, four days. It, it seemed like five weeks. Well, you make that trip from Manhattan to Lawrence. There's not a whole lot of scenery. No, you can stop at the service area along the Kansas Turnpike because they do have a Hardee's, which down in these parts is Carl's Jr. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have that. They have a Dunkin' and they have um, a Taco Bell, I think, in there, uh, the Travel Plaza. Other than that, no, you don't get anything. Eating Taco Bell in the middle of Kansas is dicey, Craig. I know it. The only thing dicey might be eating at Taco John's. And have you ever been to that fast food emporium? Mm, Can't say that I have. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah. Have you done Taco John's? Yeah. You like it? I wouldn't go there again. Yeah. <laughs> they would feed it to us as a baseball team uh, on our road trips in between games. We'd stop at Taco John's. and We were, we would use the John afterward, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which team was this? Uh, Spearfish Sasquatch. Summer Spearfish, League South Dakota? Yes, sir. The Sasquatch. <laughs> Got to like that mascot name, huh? The Spearfish. The fast food in the in the Pacific, not really Pacific, the Northwest. Yeah. is Frontier, they call it. Very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the uh, so so yeah. There is there's a there is a uh, little place in Lawrence called Burrito King. Mm-hmm. Of course, I worked at Wiener King. That was established last week. We talked about you were the that. king so, king of wieners. Uh, this the that worked at Wiener King. Like Hot LeBron Dog. is the king of scorers, you were the king of wieners. <laughs> See, you said wieners, and you immediately brought up LeBron's name. You know, because oh, a lot of people know, think that. Like that. Yeah. But uh, Wiener King, I explained, was a lot like how Wiener Schnitzel is out here. Mm. It's a hot dog place like that. Um, so yeah, we did that. But uh, they have Burrito King. I noticed that. Uh, they're on, uh, I think it's on the uh, 9th 
uh, in um, in uh, Lawrence. But anyway, uh, it it was it was a long time. It seemed like out there, so it'll be good to be back at uh, Moody Center tonight. Uh, clean up from uh, the first hour of the program. Some things left from the. Uh, spent uh, specs text on somebody said i'm sorry but i don't buy that small schools in texas can't afford a shot clock small schools in north dakota south dakota don't have 10 percent of the money small schools in texas have and they still have shot clocks that's apples and oranges because they don't have the budget the budget isn't put into what goes into the other things in athletics uh there and you may say you don't buy it but i'm i'm here to tell you those schools say that they it's not just buying the equipment, although there's a lot of old gyms and the wiring and what have to do with that. It's you have to employ someone to do it. And a lot of times, a lot of these schools, and Cam, you've probably seen this, they have trouble finding somebody to operate the scoreboard mm-hmm. and keep the book mm-hmm. in a lot of these places. So now you're adding one more piece to it. I'm just telling you what I've heard on that. I, I understand if you say you're not buying it, and I'm not disagreeing with you on that. That's your opinion on it. I'm just telling you that's what, and it, it, it it's an overwhelming majority. It's not a plurality here. It's an overwhelming majority of athletic officials who told uh, UIL people and the legislative council that we cannot afford this. Yeah. I know like even my wife being the principal at her school, there's been times where she's had to go keep the book for JV and varsity volleyball or Did she really? go run the clock for basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's nobody else to do it. Yeah. So I, it's hard enough right now to find officials. For that's games. another thing too. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's I, that's what I have been told over time. That's that's the the deal for that. Uh, somebody said, "Remember the powerful Snook teams?" Absolutely, Snook Blue Jays. They're of the uh, late seventies and early eighties. I think one seven in a row, or or six and seven years. Uh, in Class A, mm-hmm. uh, so there were some great one A. I like I said, I got to call some really high level one A basketball for Crum and Ponder, and they had some great teams. But uh, Snook had great teams in Nazareth and Avenger and uh, some other ones. Slidell uh, was another one that that and Slidell won a state title a couple of years ago. I remember, uh, and. Then uh, something happened during the pandemic. Either they won before the shutdown or they didn't get to play or they had to pull out due to that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I I cut my basketball play-by-play teeth on 1A and 2A basketball. Uh, that's that's how I got a lot of my early chops in on doing, uh, on doing basketball play-by-play. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Beaver Lance Jason said so maybe the Rice or the Houston game will be televised on Raycom Sports or HSE. <laughs> Remember those in the day? Raycom and HSE. Yeah, that was that happened. Dave Barnett called a lot of those games. I remember right. Uh, uh, Dave Barnett did and worked with a gentleman by the name of Dave Rowe who played defensive tackle in the Raiders, got a Super Bowl ring, was a starting defensive tackle for John Madden's Raider team in 76, uh, but worked at – Lived and based in Ashboro, North Carolina, where my dad was from, huh. and worked at Randolph Electric with my aunt. Wow! There. Yeah, yeah, that's, were, that's where I got to meet and talking to him. Like, uh, the, I think the two of them were doing the Texas Virginia game when Phil Dawson won it on the fifty-yard field goal, and we were we were talking about that back in the day. Somebody else said, "Hey, did you guys mention that R.J. Martinez from Westwood transferred to Baylor? Quarterback transfer from did Northern not, Arizona." But yes, he did. He was the starter at Northern Arizona, so now he's. Uh, Transferred into Baylor. 
Yeah, you know, so, they don't they, they want bodies in that room, you know. RJ Martinez is in there now, Sawyer Robertson transferring over from Mississippi State. Yeah. Uh we I find some of the play by play voices we meet with during the during the week of a football game, yeah. I find them to be uh some of them I find to be very honestly refreshing. I like pretty much everything John Morris told us about what was wrong with Baylor at the time, it, that's pretty much how it played out in the game yeah. that week. Yeah. You know, like Blake Shapin hadn't developed like they'd hoped he would, and Siaki Eko, while he was there, just wasn't dominant, and he was pretty nondescript during the game. So, yeah, it was. I found J-Mo's take that week to be refreshing yeah. and accurate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyway, and, and we were talking about Baylor. We were talking about how that game did mean an awful lot. Even though Baylor lost, they wound up going to the Fort Worth Bowl and Losing Man, Air Force in frigid temperatures. You talk about just the combination of just bitterly cold weather. You're playing a game on TCU's campus on December 22nd, <laughs> three days before Christmas. And as I said, if you're playing a bowl, if you're playing your bowl game before Christmas, it's not. You're like Ideal. tier four on the bowl scale. Yeah, it's it just looked like I was like I don't blame Baylor one iota if they're just completely disinterested. And after about the first. First couple drives, it's like, yeah, just get in your play. By the way, you're playing Air Force, yeah, you're playing an option team in a service academy which, who was motivated, yeah. It's uh, just recipe for disaster, and that was, it was pretty painful to watch, yeah, brutal, yeah. So, uh, they're hoping to turn things back around. Of course, the one time Baylor head coach Matt Rule, who tried his hand at the NFL, didn't work with Carolina, now at Nebraska, trying to shake up some things and and you pointed it out yesterday Jeff just trying to get bodies in trying to get trying to get plenty yeah of people let me see real quick if I can find that number I, I think they're signing they're signing <laughs> class the number, for 20- like 74 that's <laughs> a crazy amount we didn't add just a whole uh whole <laughs> allotment of it. players and uh let me see what I did the wrong number I hit the wrong button here hold on sorry going to our uh, 24-7 sports Nebraska site uh let's see Seven enrollees, twenty-one signed letter of intent. So that's twenty-eight high school prospects, and then eleven transfers. So that's what thirty, thirty-nine. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of guys coming in uh, there as uh, Matt Rule tries to get it turned around. Uh, the Horns big game coverage is brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer, located in Leander on Crystal Falls Parkway, and in Northeast Austin, I thirty-five in Runberg. Call. Texas Truck and Trailer at 512-528-6038. That's 512-528-6038. There were news conferences this morning uh, in Glendale uh, in involving the uh, principals, the particulars. Um, uh, Andy Reid of, of Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City and the Philadelphia press conference as well. Uh, there was a uh, a, a trivia quiz that said which which team which of these two teams has played in more Super Bowls. Quick ash, action answer, Cam Parker. Which ones played in more Super Bowls? Which school? Which teams again? The two that are playing in this year's big game. Chiefs. Very good. Yeah, this will be the fifth for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. The fourth for Philadelphia. Chiefs going to run sixty five toss power trap this weekend. Don't you wish? January eleventh, nineteen seventy. Hank Stram. Yeah, Leonard, let's just keep matriculating that ball down the field. I just want Andy Reid one time to look at that play sheet and be like, all right, here, here we go. It's time for a 65-toss power trap. Yeah. And they've got the backs where they could do it. <laughs> they could run a 65-toss power trap. Were yeah. you all upset that we did not get a sky hook from LeBron last night? I thought for sure, speaking of honoring yeah. past plays. 
this is this was my impression of it uh, when I watched it. Uh, Linda and I were watching the game last night, and when TNT showed, and by the way, good call by our good friend Brian Anderson, BA from Georgetown, Texas, USA. By the way, um, when they showed and had him mic'd up, the halftime sequence where he's talking to his sons, like Bronny and Bronny and Bryce, Bryce, and he had mapped it out and said, "I get eight, maybe eight in this quarter. We do that, do that," and it was like. By the way, his sons didn't seem to be too interested in any, <laughs> any of this until it happened. And then they got kind of pumped up and they were videoing. But when he was talking to them, they were like, yeah, I guess, okay. Yeah, right. the Anthony Davis, he didn't seem impressed at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, AD uh, looked pretty disconnected from yeah, the whole did. thing last night. He did. He did. Um, and uh, so did so did uh, Westbrook, by the, by the way, too, uh, at times. But. Uh, he he was when when they had him mic'd up and he was talking about that to his sons that I, I think he can get eight this quarter get eight he wound up getting all sixteen in the in the period and and consider this he did not score a point for the first almost three minutes of that third quarter so in the last seven minutes because he got his last bucket with ten seconds to go in mm-hmm. the period in in the last seven minutes of the period he scored all sixteen of those points and and, and he's done. Obviously, streaks and things like that down through the years. He's done a lot. I, of that. I enjoyed the the, sh- the record breaking shot because uh, it, to me it was the uh, the homage to Dirk with the one legged fadeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what I, I started that. to say was I don't think he was thinking about any homages to anyone. He was LeBron. I just, but yeah. He, yeah, he was LeBron doing work. He was just going to grind it out and get the thing over as quickly as he could. And but he was dialed in to making sure he got it. Uh, it was you know you hear some people say hey you know I didn't I didn't know I had this coming that well, there, there wasn't I, a there wasn't no way he couldn't know what he what he had and what was going on that that was clear and B he was motivated to do it. I asked Rory Harmon last night on Longhorn Weekly when she was on with us out at Pluckers if about that triple double she had at TCU and I asked Vic about it about how aware were they down the stretch. He said I didn't know anything. Until it happened, I didn't know. I said because we were keeping up with it every time when inside the last five minutes of the game, uh, he knew. I mean, he he had it mapped out what he needed to do, mm. and he went about it in a very businesslike manner and and got it knocked out before the third period was done. It was got to be the lock of the century, right? That he was going to surpass that because he had his family there, he had his wife there, he had uh, Jay Z was there, his yeah. pregame attire. Uh, the who custom, did, the who custom did he go over headphones? to see right afterwards that was sitting on the, the court side? Was seat. that Kareem? Well, obviously Kareem. But oh, I mean, court side. There I, know was, he, I know he went and saw Jay-Z at some point. He said he went to Bernie Bad Sermon. Bunny, the the rapper. May, maybe They that. showed that on ESPN. I don't okay. know if he went to exactly right after. Okay. He went to, He went right over to the side uh, right after that. And then, uh, but yeah, he obviously Kareem and and uh, Jay Z I saw, and then uh, and Bad Bunny you mentioned. So anyway, he checked all the boxes, and it all got all done, other than them winning the game. But he actually said to his credit, when they came back from the break, and he was like, "Ooh, okay." He said, "He goes, no, let's win the game. Let's go and win the game." And didn't so, play for most of the fourth quarter. And didn't play for most of the fourth quarter. Did you see Anthony Davis's press conference? I did not. He was not in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure neither was Westbrook, but Westbrook's going to be in the Utah Jazz tomorrow, so I don't you understand think so? why he's upset, too. You think so? Eh, sounds like it. Okay. I've also heard on good authority uh, the the Mavericks are still trying to make another deal. 
And the Nets are still trying to make another deal, one that mm-hmm. will not include Kevin Durant. Yeah, they're trying to get help to help. One Katie. of those pieces they got in yeah. the uh, the Kyrie trade yeah. could be on the move. Absolutely, could be. All right. Up next, uh, we'll have our Flex Thirty update and our second hour Longhorn Notebook when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn one zero four nine one zero one nine AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. We continue to Light the Tower and we get ready for now our Flex 30 update for today. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Well, probably the best Flex 30 update was last hour, you know, during Inconceivable when we pointed out that Weatherford, Oklahoma beat Anadarko last night 4-2. to two. When an outmanned Anadarko team elected to pull the ball out and hold it, that sparked a whole discussion about shot clock stuff and things like that. Uh, but uh, in terms of local, last night, Roger Wallace and Isaiah Collier got a chance to call that uh, Westlake impressive win mm-hmm. over Buda Johnson last yep. night. Uh, two more high school basketball nuggets I want to mention on the boys' yeah. side. Uh, props to LBJ. 26 straight years, they've won at least a share of a district championship with their win last night, 77-49 over Travis and San Marcos High. I don't know, for maybe the most under-talked about team in the area, because I know they're kind of on the periphery. Yeah. They're now 33-2 and on the year. Yeah. Malik Presley's healthy, and they beat Judson last night, put a 100 spot on wow. Judson last night, 100-62. They're going to be sneaky really good in the postseason, yeah. I think. Uh, certainly, I think maybe the team to beat in Region Four yeah. in the uh, in the six A playoffs. How's uh, San Marcos Academy doing? Uh, boys lost their uh, last home game last night. Okay, senior night. Okay, so, tough break. Just around the corner from the postseason beginning. There it is. Oh, what? yes. No, we didn't mention that. I apologize for forgetting this earlier in the week. Uh, I know it's only Wednesday, but I, I was going to mention this Monday. Leonard Moore, the outstanding corner from Round Rock, absolutely committed to Notre Dame over the weekend. How about that? So forgot to mention that on Monday, but that was that was big time. Corner, kick returner, member of our All Flex team, mm-hmm. Leonard Moore. Cam, you got a chance to see a healthy dose of Leonard Moore this past fall, didn't you? He's a game changer. How about Notre Dame's recruiting class just in Austin? Marcus Freeman loves the Austin area, man. He does. All about that. So, pretty pretty impressive stuff. Uh, all right, there it is. There's your Flex 30 update for the day. And it is time now for our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that's to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. After all, Aaron is the person who can make that 10-day or less home loan approval guarantee. Check it out for yourself at BowersockTeam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds, BowersockTeam.com. You know what we'll do next week, Craig? We'll start getting into Longhorn Baseball. We'll do some preview-type stuff leading up to that. uh, It's still calling it the Lone Star Star Showdown or Lone Star? It's got a different name to it. Does it? it? Okay. Yeah. Lone Star Classic, I forget. It's 
State Farm something. Or yeah, other. I'll, I'll pull it up. Okay. I'll pull it uh, up. But anyway, that three-day event at Globe Life with Vanderbilt, Arkansas, or in order, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Missouri, is kind of that Big 12 SEC flavor. Uh, Texas getting the baseball season started. We'll, we'll start getting more into baseball uh, next week. But, Craig, anything else on women's basketball front? I know we heard from Vic, the, the audio with Vic Schaefer earlier. Uh, just one quick reminder about uh, everything yeah, going on tonight. It's at 7 o'clock, and we'll have it for you on the horn uh, as they continue the repair efforts there on 105 through the bat. So we'll have it for you, 645 airtime. Uh, Kathy Harston will join me for that. The uh, tip-off at 7 o'clock. Texas still in sole possession of first place, but they need to win tonight to hold sole possession of first. Last night, Oklahoma beat Baylor in Waco in I was, overtime. I was following that on the Twitter machine last night, yeah. 98-92. Baylor is is in danger of not being in the race down the stretch to compete for the Big 12 title. Baylor was up five with maybe a minute and a half yeah. left, and I thought, well, put that one to bed. And then uh, I actually follow Bryce Cherry from the Waco uh-huh. Tribune Herald. Bryce covers women's basketball. And then I look at my timeline. Bryce is tweeting about overtime. I'm like, how the heck that game going to overtime? And yeah. then got caught up on it, so yeah. And, um, and of course, Baylor still comes to Austin, a big Monday game, on February 27th. The last week of the race. In fact, uh, it will be senior night for the Texas women that night, and that's where Vic Schaefer made his uh, his uh, ten thousand dollar guarantee. Oh yeah, ten thousand fans, and they and they've been drawing lately more than six thousand. So they've so ten thousand or more fans show up, he'll make a $10,000 donation to the neighborhood Longhorns. Nice. Uh, just want to remind you, get over to Horns 24-7. A couple of uh, really good articles from around the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, I mentioned uh, Dean Strzokka with the projected win totals for every Big 12 team. That's up on the site. Uh, Brad Crawford, from a national perspective, Texas mentioned in his 10 way-too-early bold predictions for the 2023 college football season. Uh, Will Backus, who covers national college basketball for us, part of that team, uh, has a column on why the Big 12 is the most thrilling conference in college basketball. I think we would agree with that. And then Deuce Robinson, Craig, the 2023 cycle for Sarkin Company, not quite done yet because they're still recruiting Deuce Robinson, the five-star tight end out of Arizona. Who, by the way, when he when Blair Angulo, uh, one of our West Coast analysts, caught up with him recently, uh, he was at Dodger Stadium uh, doing, a, doing a workout. There had the nice Dodger jersey on Yeah, was number on it. I uh, was going through a workout. He said he'll have a decision on his football future made by April 1st. Okay. So Georgia, USC, Texas uh, is still in the mix. It seems like a Georgia-USC battle with Texas still one of the schools and the mix for Deuce Robbins. So you can get that interview with Deuce. That's on, on at Horns 24-7 also. Now, the only other thing I wanted to hit, Craig, is, is those guys going to the Combine. I mentioned them earlier. If you if you missed it, uh, Combine invites for the NFL Scouting Combine have gone out. Roshan Johnson, Bijan Robinson, Keandre Coburn, Moro Ojimo, DeAndre, uh, Moro Ojimo, DeMarvin Overshone, uh, all going to the NFL Scouting Combine. Craig, any of those? I know. I think we all figured those five guys yeah. will probably be there. Anybody that you'll be really paying attention to in terms of how they test and what kind of if they can improve their draft stock. Well, at the combine, Roshan Johnson, uh, you know, with everything he's done, and and of course he had to pull back on his work at the Senior Bowl there because yeah, it was a hand injury, broken bone in his hand. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that'll certainly have me interested. And then and then obviously looking at. Uh, the the defensive guy looking at the defensive lineman. Moro Ojemo is one of those guys that I think for NFL teams would be really intriguing because of the fact that he played a lot at Texas. Mm-hmm. A really big factor in the D line rotation for a few years. 
So he's got experience. He was productive at times, even though he, it, this year he was productive when the snaps kind of decreased and were more spread out through guys. You could say the same thing about Coburn, but I think it was more Craig because of his age. And people forget, yeah. like he hadn't when he enrolled at Texas, he hadn't turned seventeen yet. So he was he was a young cat coming out of Katy. So uh, Moro Ojimo is one of those guys that I think would intrigue. You know, very well spoken, bright. Uh, you know, all that stuff checks. He's going to check a lot of boxes in the interviews. I'm not saying he's going to get drafted, but I think he's the guy in Indianapolis that I think has the best chance to improve himself yeah, from where he is now to where he could be coming out of the combine. That makes sense. That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. So, and we'll get more into combine stuff. And like you said, Roshan Johnson, Demarvin Overshone just got done with the Senior Bowl. Demarvin got to go through the whole week. Roshan didn't, but and then I think everybody's going to be looking at what does Bijan run at the combine too in terms of the forty yard dash. Yeah, I, I I've seen some mock drafts where maybe he's fallen late one, early two. I, I can't. I gotta believe he's gonna be a first round pick because to take. A, we always talk about you don't want to take a running back at the top end of the first round, but if you're at the back end of the first round with a first round running back and you can get that fifth year guarantee on them, you can get their best years for a fraction of what the market value for a top end running back would be. So I'd have to think that. Uh, Bijan's going to go in round one. Yeah, I well, I, I, that's certainly the hope, and I think he's got it. That's why I said I'm curious to see how, you know, uh, things go from there, and who it's going to it's going to be a team that really has, I, I think, a real running back need to look at it and say we, we'll go ahead and go with him in the first round. If he ends up with the Eagles, I will have my first favorite Philadelphia Eagle ever in history, and. Uh, <laughs> I wish Bijan great success. Uh, Fourteen game, or I'm sorry, fifteen games out of a seventeen game season. Just yeah. accept those two. He, it, it would be great. Like if Bijan ends up with the Eagles, he could rush for 150 yards with the Cowboys win. Perfect scenario. That's true. He's yeah. spent a lot of time at the star though with Jerry. He does. Yes, that's man. Cowboys have a lot of needs. Running backs probably going to end up being one of them though. New owner as well. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Cam, that uh, until uh, the good Lord decides that there needs to be an ownership change, it's kind of going to be what it'll be. Yeah, I think it'll. Well, we know the Jones family own it, but you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019 AM, till 60. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. To roll tonight at Moody Center for the Texas women against Texas. Tech. Did you like the cars? You were so young. You probably yeah. Didn't, probably didn't even get Just it. Just looking at Deuce Robinson in that Dodgers hat, Craig. It fits Pretty him, cool. Fits him well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather see him in a burn orange uniform. If I'm sure David if Pierce would like him with that uh, burn orange yeah. block T batting yeah. helmet on. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't mind 
uh, seeing that at all, uh, you know. And uh, and they're underway with their uh, workouts. We'll be visiting with Coach Pierce coming up in the, in the coming, uh, like I say, week to ten days as they head up, get ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, it's called the College Baseball Showdown. College Baseball Showdown. That's about as generic as you can get. State for- Farm still sponsoring that deal. Higginbotham. Or- Higginbotham. Yeah. Presented by Higginbotham. Presented by Higginbotham. All right, cool. It's the College Baseball Showdown at Globe Life Field in Arlington. Gilf. Yes. And uh, it'll... uh, What? Cam, you haven't heard that? (laughs) No, I haven't. Yeah, that was big. I call it Home Depot. Let's file it away. Mm -hmm. It looks like a big old grill, you know, uh, the whole time. And and I've told people, if if you've never been there, if you're a baseball fan, you should go. It's gorgeous. It is. Now, for all the criticism it draws, and I understand it, for what it looks like on the outside, you go in on the inside, it's pretty cool. Beautiful facility. Very you know? spacious. Especially yeah. when they open the roof. Yeah. yeah but but you know what? It is. You're right, Cam. It's spacious. But it's not as cavernous, I discovered, because I've been to all but, I think, six of the ballparks, uh, the current ones in the major leagues. It's not as, as – you don't get the feeling about it being too overly spacious like Chase Field. In Phoenix is like that. It seems like cavern. And from what I understand, the new Marlins facility is like that. I haven't been in that ballpark. Globe yet. Life feels like uh, somebody gave Minute Maid like a nice power washing. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> and widen the concourses and aisles yeah. a little more, and that that sort of thing. I think you're you're right. Kind of spread it out just a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, Minute Maid's got some some age to it now at this point. It does. Uh, Texas will play Arkansas in that first game. That's coming up a week from Friday. That yeah, opens. those fan bases, I'm sure, are going to get along great for a season opener of baseball. I know you've got – you'll be very busy uh, that weekend. Texas plays Oklahoma the next day in basketball. Yeah. Are, you, are you making the quick I, I think I think the basketball game is going to keep me here. Uh-huh. I may may see if I can get up and get to that Sunday game against, okay. against Mizzou. See, I'll, I'll do the Friday game against Arkansas. And then uh, Roger and Keith will do the Saturday and Sunday games. I'll come back and have the men's game Saturday, the women's game Sunday on that. And we're putting together all our broadcast plans for the coming season. You have a lot of the same familiar voices you've heard on uh, on our broadcast of Longhorn Baseball this season. By the way, uh, just got a note from our program director, Chad Hastings, who yep. you will hear next. Longhorn Blitz tonight at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Here on the Horn. Immediately following... Texas women's game. And our, and our post game is really pretty short, so it'll probably be within five to ten All minutes. All the more reason to listen to the women's game. You yeah. ride, it leads you right into Longhorn Blitz, some good football discussion. Yeah, yeah. It's a good lead-in right there. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's program. Thanks to uh, Cameron Parker, our producer. And from a co-host, Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Way. We thank you for joining us. Invite you to stay tuned. Chad and Zay are coming up next. And again, then it'll be Ball Don't Lie, then Texas women's basketball tonight against Texas Tech, followed by the Longhorn Blitz podcast. And we'll be back with you tomorrow morning to discuss it all right here on Light the Tower on the Horn.